Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, and let's read this prayer out loud together one more time. He said to pray like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on, let's read it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And everybody said amen. Again, today is the last day. We're going to focus on the last part of this prayer, that last sentence that says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When a young Jewish student would go to a rabbi and they would ask that rabbi to teach them how to pray, that rabbi would normally respond with their personal preference or their personal priority in prayer. So if you want to understand what Jesus valued and what he prioritized, you have to look at this prayer. That's why it's referred to as the perfect prayer. And Jesus prioritized this sentence, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The first time we see Temptation is in the book of Genesis. You can turn there if you'd like. We're going to put it on the screen. It's found in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 15. Do we have that verse? I want you to notice this is the first time we see temptation in the Bible. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Next verse. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And what happened? God said, don't eat from this certain tree. And what did they do? That's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what we would have done. Amen? Now let's look at Genesis 3, starting in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now let's skip to verse 6. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree, she was, it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some of it and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he also ate it. Now skip to verses 11 and 12. And he said, who told you, because they ate the tree, they realized they were naked, and God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Next verse. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Notice God said, who told you you were naked, Adam? And, God, and Adam said, let me tell you what my wife did. 
That sounds just like a husband. He didn't answer the question. He just started blaming his wife. He was like, I was minding my own business. And she said, you want some breakfast? I said, sure. And the next thing I know, I was eating a fruit cup. I mean, what was I supposed to do, right? I, I don't know. Adam is clearly wanting to change the subject. Have you ever wanted to change the subject when God was talking to you? People do it all the time in church. All the time. God's talking to you, and you go, the music is too loud. And God's talking to you the whole time. It's too dark in here. God's talking to you the whole time. That preacher, he's getting in my business, and I don't like it. He's too political. And God's talking to you the whole time. Amen? Amen? Adam is wanting to change the subject. I don't know about for you, but for me, when somebody says don't do something, I think about doing it. Like, let, let's, let's do an exercise. All right, I want to tell you all something, okay? Everybody listening? Whatever you do, don't look at the drums. Did y'all see all of it? Everybody started looking at the drums. Did y'all see that? I, when I, we were fasting back in January, we fast 21 days of fasting and prayer at the beginning of every year. I don't know why this caught me by surprise. It happens every time I fast. But I was fasting, and the golden arches of McDonald's never looked so bright ever. <laughs> like, they were so bright. I'm like, are they usually this bright? I don't even like McDonald's. But I wanted what I couldn't have. Is that right? How many of you like cheese on your burgers? Okay, a lot of sinners in here. A lot of sinners. I don't like cheese on my burger. But when I was fasting, every commercial had cheese dripping off the burger. And I was like, I want a cheeseburger. I don't even eat cheeseburgers, but I want one so bad. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so it's this temptation that we want what we cannot have. And I used to judge Adam and Eve and say, you had one job and you blew it. You had one job and you blew it. I used to judge them and I would think that. And I would say things like, who would do that? And the answer to that question is, you and I would. For the right tree and the right fruit. You and I would do the very same thing if the right tree and the right fruit came along. There is a set of circumstances that will expose our kryptonite. There is a set of circumstances that will expose my kryptonite and your kryptonite. Every person in this room, without exception, including the holy woman Charlotte over here. <laughs> there is a set of circumstances that everybody in this room if they're exposed to it, it will be their kryptonite. Every one of us have a weakness. My weakness is different than your weakness. But I promise you, every person in this room has a tree and has a piece of fruit that tempts us. Every one of us, including me. Every one of us have something. For some, it's food. Overindulging, we eat food for comfort. For some, it's pornography. For some, it's alcohol. 
For some, it's weed. Let's, let's, let's go from those to ones we don't think about. For some, it's envy. For some, it's jealousy. Here's a good one. For some, it's gossip. We just can't help ourselves. We have to tell the latest on what somebody has done. All of us have something that wants to... Here's the, here's the thing. Get a hold of this. All of us have something that wants to rob us from our intimacy with God. Every person in this room has something that wants to rob you from your intimacy with God. That's the whole purpose of temptation. And here's Jesus closing out this prayer saying, this is what we should value. Lead us not. Everybody say, lead us not. Lord, lead us away from the tree. Help us stay away from it the best we can. You would think Jesus would have said, make us strong enough or make us strong enough to face temptation and defeat the evil one. You would have thought that's what Jesus said, but he didn't say that. He said, help us, lead us, not into temptation. Even Jesus was like, temptation is hard, and the evil one is no joke. He's no punk. The devil is no punk. He's real. And Jesus was like, this is what I value. This is what I prioritize. This is how I would pray. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is how he said to pray. We need your help, God, to deliver us. You ought to write this down. Sometimes the best way to deal with temptation isn't by getting stronger. And that's the, that's the mentality. If I get strong enough, I can defeat the temptation. I can defeat the sin. If I get strong enough, I can do it. Sometimes the best way to deal with temptation isn't by getting stronger, but it's by getting wiser. Amen? I only worked on that for about two days, that one sentence. So can y'all like it? Can we just go back to it? <laughs> it, it? It's not by getting stronger, it's by getting wiser. Have y'all ever heard this? Work smarter, not harder. Have you ever heard this? Be smarter than what you're working with. You heard that before? When it comes to the enemy, he's trying to outsmart you. And you have to outsmart him. You have to get wise to his schemes and his tactics. This is the way you face temptation. Write this down. Sometimes your temptation has a location. Sometimes your temptation has a location. Some of us still want to be Christians on Sunday and we still want to hang out at the club and be cool. I'm just going to smile. Some of us want to keep going to the places we used to go pre-salvation. We still want to act the way we did pre-salvation. And there's a certain group of guys that will hang around and we'll let a cuss word or two fly. Your temptation has a location. You can't keep going to the same locations and getting stronger. That's called crazy math. You have to be wiser and smarter than what you're working with. Amen. There are some places maybe we shouldn't go at all. Oh, here's one. 
Maybe there's some apps we can't have on our phone. Well, you know, it's innocent, blah, blah, blah. You keep telling yourself that. Keep telling yourself that because that's your temptation and it gets you every time. Amen? How about this one? There are some relationships and friendships that are not worth my destiny. There are some relationships and friendships that are not worth my destiny. It's just not worth it. We have to admit, I have an area of weakness. And every person in this room has an area of weakness. Every single person, including the guy on the microphone, has a weakness. Every single one of us, and we have to admit it. Admitting it is, is half the battle. Now, I'm fixing to get into something here that I'm going to get into later, but I want to go ahead and say it. We need somebody in our life that we can say, hey, here's my weakness, help me. Watch me, because I'm weak right here. And you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. Well, Hebrews says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed of your weakness. So I want to tell, so I've got people in my life, I'm like, hey, watch me right here. Help me out right here. I need you to help and help me fight right here. Because I know that's my weakness. What am I doing? I'm outsmarting the enemy. And I'm saying, watch me and watch this word. Hold me accountable right here. Amen? Now, I'm just using this example. This doesn't mean this is my weakness, but, but here's one. Wife, here's my phone. You know the code, and you can thumb through it at any time you want to. I have nothing to hide. Nothing. Teenagers, who pays for the phone? My rule is who pays for it sees it. It's theirs. In other words, I got about two or three phones that are still my phones. I'm just letting you borrow them. Amen. Amen. I have to get wiser. Wiser. And I think, I just see so many Christians today and their heads are buried in the sand. I'm like, what are you doing? Wake up. Pay attention. Three questions this last verse is forcing us to ask. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Three questions this verse is forcing us to ask. Number one, write it down. Number one. Number one in the first word of this sentence. Here it is. Lead. Everybody shout out lead. Let me ask you a question. What's leading your life? What is leading your life? Here's another question. Who's in charge? Is money leading your life? Is social media leading your life? Is sports leading your life? Is politics leading your life? Is academics leading your life? Is po are you popularity led? Are you career led? Here's one. Are you fear led? Whatever the latest fear is, then that's my fear for the week. You know, there's some people have a fear for the week, a fear for the month, a fear for the year. Whatever the latest fear coming down the pike is, that's my, my thing, and that's what I'm driven by, and I'm led by fear. 
Listen to this verse in Galatians 5 in the English Standard Version, verses 16 through 18. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify. Watch that word. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Keep going. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For for they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Next verse. Do we have that? Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Today's message is not about a set of rules or following a set of rules. Today's message is about being led by the Spirit of God. Are you led by your spirit or are you led by your flesh? It's not about a set of rules. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. And that doesn't mean that I have a license to do whatever I want to and act like a fool and just do whatever. This is inviting the Holy Spirit into everything I do, including what I say. Amen. Here's something that I do. I'm not telling you you have to do it. I'm just telling you here's what I do. Almost in every situation I find myself in, I say, Holy Spirit, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Does this please you? Because if it doesn't, I'm going to shut it down right now. Are you okay with what I'm doing right now? And he'll tell you. You're going to feel it right here, and you're going to go, this just doesn't feel right. Amen. I want to be spirit-led. Here's number two. Second question, second word. By the way, I meant to tell you this. I'm so proud of you. A couple weeks ago, I gave you a T-bone steak and all the trimmings, and I taught you for one hour, and you did it. And I'm proud of you. Amen. I gave you a bunch of meat last time I preached. So today I'm giving you a little meat and a little dessert. Is that okay? And guess what? It's not that long of a message. So somebody just said, praise God, glory, hallelujah. That's the most excited you've been all day. Here we go. Second point, second word. Lead. What's that word? Lead. Lead who? Lead us not into temptation. Jesus, how should we pray? With a group. How should we pray? With a group of people. It's the whole reason why we have community groups and freedom groups and serve teams. Remember, he he didn't say my father in this prayer. He said our father. Let me ask you a question. Who are you growing with? You know that moment ago when I said I have people that that are accountability partners for me? I'm growing with them. And I put myself in a place to grow to say, watch me right here. Help me right here. This is a pitfall for me. This is a temptation for me. Help me right here. Who are you growing with? Who do you have in your life that you're growing with spiritually? Who are you growing with? The temptation is to come into church. To come into church and, and to slip in late. And to leave early. That's the temptation. I'm just going to come in, slip in. I just want to sit on the back roll, do my little praise, get my praise on, and just walk out the door, not speak to anybody, not talk to anybody. I just want to hide and and isolate myself and just walk out. That's the temptation. That's the temptation. Well, guess what? We helped you with your temptation because in the middle of our service, we have a two-minute countdown. And you're going to get spoken to by somebody. And you're going to have to talk to somebody. Why? Because he said, lead us, not lead me. 
Amen. Here's another question. How are you supposed to take your faith to another level by yourself? How are you supposed to take your faith to another level by yourself? All these people that think, I don't need church. Oh, really? <laughs> then you don't believe in the Lord's Prayer. He never one time said me. He never one time said I. But he says our and he says us a lot in the prayer. You're supposed to, how are you supposed to take your faith to another level by yourself? You can look at one community, and I know for you know, our population here in El Dorado, we're, we're one of the largest churches in our city. You go to other places of the world with larger population, we'd probably be a small church in their eyes. But for El Dorado, we're a pretty large church. In fact, Alicia and I were talking to a, a little girl the other day, and we were inviting her to church, and she said, that church is too big. Just too many people. And, and here's my thought. You can look at us as a big church, or you can look at us as a church with a lot of little churches inside of it. Because when you're on a, come on, give the Lord a hand for that. When you're in a small group, when you're in a community group, or you're in a freedom group, or you serve on a serve team, then you get pastored. Because you've got a group of people there that are, that are helping you grow, and you're growing with them. Amen. I, I'm going to preach this, whether you like it or not, I'm going to preach it, okay? When you're in a group of people, they are helping you grow. But the temptation is, isolate myself. That's the temptation. So... That's why a pastor is big on community groups and freedom groups and being on a serve team because you're getting that interaction that you need and you're fulfilling the prayer of Jesus. Lead us, lead us, lead us. Deliver us from the evil one. Are y'all following me? Don't just enjoy our services. Somebody needs to know what is going on with you. Lead us. Did you know it's hard to make decisions by yourself? But imagine if you were in a group of people that could help you make decisions. Scripturally speaking, in the, talking about the New Testament church, the first century church, they didn't have personal Bibles. They didn't have version apps and Blue Letter Edition apps on their phone. They didn't have the Scripture that we have at our disposal today. And so when they would get together to read the Scripture, they were doing it for communal purposes. And they were coming in to a group of people and they were getting together and they were reading the scripture out loud and they were saying, God, what are you saying to us? God, how can we do community together? What are you asking today, Pastor Jay? Here's what I'm asking today. I'm asking that you would slow your roll down as you walk out of church. I'm asking you not to just jet out of here and not talk to no one and isolate yourself. I'm asking you to do something, even if you're an introvert like me, I'm asking you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm asking you to meet some people. I'm asking you to connect with the body of Christ, to connect with people. And I just want to help you out, just real quick, I'm just going to help you out. But these two people right here on the front row, right here, Jerry and Paige, Paige raise your hand. These two people right here are over our community groups. They would love to help you. Jerry probably can't do backflips anymore, but if he could, he would do one just to talk to you. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. Paige will even do a cartwheel. But if, 
<laughs> if you will connect with these people right here, one-stop shop right here, one-stop shop, connect with these folks, and they will help you get involved, and they'll help you connect to a group of people that you can connect with. And I, I, if this is not good preaching, I don't have anything else for you. I'm sorry. Thank you, James. Thank you. We have to come together. God, how can we do community together? Life is better with a group. Life is better with a tribe. Listen to Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. What's that word? Restore them harshly? Restore them gently, but watch this. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. What's that saying? That is saying that when you're with a group of people and you're all accountable to each other, it's going to help you not fall into the temptation of the sin that your brother or sister is falling into. I don't know how many times I've watched uh, couples try to isolate themselves and then help another couple going through with a marriage issue, and the same marriage issue they're trying to help someone with rubs off on them. Why? Because there's no accountability around them. Amen? I want you to pay attention to this word gently. Everybody say gently. I talk to a lot of people that come to church and they get church hurt. And a lot of times the reason they get church hurt is someone was not gentle with them. So when you join a group, it's a two-way street. Everybody say two-way street. You're giving some insecurities and you're giving some offenses to the Lord and you're opening yourself up for someone to say, I love you and let me help you gently. Amen. So you need a group of peers around you. You need people around you. And then watch this. So you need that group, that core group around you, peers and otherwise, to help you and help you get connected and help you stay accountable. And then you need pastors and you need teachers, and you need mentors, and you need people that, are, that are, are where you're trying to go. Okay? Because here's what they're doing. They're pulling you up. Pulling you up. Everybody say pulling you up. And you need these people in your life. And here's the thing. When you appoint someone as your pastor, there's a lot of people in this church, they've been coming here a long time, and I'm still not their pastor. I'm just their preacher. I'm not a pastor. Because when you appoint someone as pastor, you're saying, help me. And you're saying, I, I, I can't get here on my own. And a lot of people in church have the attitude, I don't need anybody else. I actually had a lady one time, I've told you this multiple times, but I actually had a lady one time tell me, there's not a pastor in El Dorado that can teach me anything. I know everything. Oh. You know what? That lady's not in church to this day. And she's got all kinds of health issues. All kinds of health issues. And you know why? She's not teachable. She's not instruction. You can't give her instruction. She won't listen to anything. A pastor comes along and he instructs you and he corrects you and he gives you instructions. He says, come up here, come up here, come up here. Are y'all following me? That's what a pastor does. A pastor don't just preach to you. 
I don't want to just be a preacher. In fact, I don't even like the word. I really, to be honest, when somebody calls me a preacher, I don't like it. Because I don't want to just be a voice. I want to be an instructor. Are y'all with me? I want to be a coach that says, come on up here. Come on up here. We can do this together. Amen, church. Amen, amen, amen. So let me let you in on a little secret because I can't go on without saying this to just make sure you know this. Every pastor needs a pastor. So I have a pastor. I have people doing the same thing I'm asking you to do that are doing that for me and doing that for her. We have a group of people around us and we're accountable to those people. In fact, we got a whole, a whole front line of people that they all serve a different purpose. And when we make decisions and we're going through things, we're bouncing things off of them and they're helping us make good decisions. Are y'all with me? Okay? Watch this. Hebrews 3, 13. Are y'all okay? Encourage one another. How often? How often is that? <laughs> That's every day. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sins, what? Why should we be in a group? Why do we need community groups? Why do we need freedom groups? Because the enemy is deceitful. The evil one is deceitful. I know a lot of people that have walked away from God and the church because they got bitter and they got mad and they would not listen to correction or instruction gently. And because of that, they got a hard heart. And I want to say to you, don't hang out with folks like that. Because what's on them will rub off on you. If they are sour and have a bad attitude towards the church, you will develop that same attitude. Birds of a feather flock together. We need each other to help us and to hold us accountable. For some people, it's social media. For some, it's work flirting. Oh, it's just fun. I'm just messing around. For now. Yeah, for now. And the sad thing about it is, this is my business. This is what I do every day. This is, this, is, this is what I do. And I can tell you this for certain. Most people don't ask for help until it is too late. Why? They never get a group of people around them to help them with temptation. For some, it's rage. For some, it's, it's we lose our temper, but we never change our behavior. You need some accountability. Here's what I know about addiction. For some, I believe you're struggling with some type of addiction, and the enemy is tempting you with addiction. And here's what I know about any kind of addiction by experience. It's rarely broken in isolation. Addiction is rarely broken in isolation. Listen to Proverbs 15.22, and I'm about to close. Proverbs 15.22. Plans fail. What did that say? Plans fail for the lack of what? But with many what? What what happens when they get many advisors? They succeed. I know a lot of people that have plans to be greater later. I'm going to get it together all by myself. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. 
But when you have advisors, and a lot of people have no advisors to help them pull off the great plans they have. They have no community around them to help them make them better. And here's my prayer. My prayer is that you would have someone to pray this prayer with. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's wrap this up with the evil one. The evil one works in fear and deceit and darkness. The Bible says in the New Testament, he disguises himself as an angel of light. Here's how the devil gets you. Here's how the evil one gets you. He rarely comes in a, in a, in, in a form of evil that makes you go, Whoo, I don't like that. No, he, he wraps himself, he packages himself as something good. And when you have many advisors around you and other people around you, then it's more people putting their heads together to say, is this good? Because maybe your weakness is right there. And you don't see it. You're oblivious to it. But somebody over here is going, whoa, that's a snake. There's a snake. But you don't see it. So he disguises himself. The evil one disguises himself. And he makes you question, God, is God real? Did God really say that? Is that, you know, here's, here's the thing. I just, mm, man, I'm going anywhere and everywhere but where I'm going. But I hear so many people say, well, that's just those Christians' opinion. Or that's just the pastor's opinion. That's not, I'm not sharing my opinion. This is my opinion. This is it right here. It's not my opinion. It's God's opinion. It doesn't matter what my opinion is. It matters what God's opinion is. And I, I'm sorry you don't like it, but this is the opinion of God. Amen. Amen. So here's number three. Number three is, what lie have I been told and what truth do I need to believe? What lie have I been told and what truth do I need to believe? You know, there are people in church that have been told a lie for 20, 30, 40 years. In church. They believe stuff in church that's not even in this Bible. Amen. A couple things with Adam and Eve. Number one, Satan said, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? Is that true or false? Is that true or false? Did God say not to eat of that tree? True. But watch what, because we read it a minute ago. The enemy said, don't eat of it, and he said, don't touch it. Did God say not to touch it? That's false. God didn't say that. Do you see how he mixes a lie with truth? Lie, truth. He puts it together. He takes a little bit of truth, and a lot of lie, and he puts it together. Amen? Here's number two. Did you know Eve wasn't with Adam when God gave the instructions about the tree? Did, y'all show, did you see that a minute ago? Eve was not even there when God gave the instruction about the tree, which explains a lot because men rarely tell their wives all the details. Some of you, if you weren't sleeping, you'd have found that really funny. (laughs) Eve wasn't even there. 
And the enemy's questioning her, and she wasn't even there. Boy, that's a truth bomb, right? Hmm, think about it. Here's what I know. If we don't know the truth, we will believe a lie. And this is the truth. This is the truth. I'm going to say it again until you get it. This is the truth. And the enemy wants to sell you a lie. I don't need you checking a box on your daily reading saying, I, I read the Bible. I don't need you doing that. I need you to know the truth for your darkest day. I need you to know the Scripture. Amen? Because here's the thing. The enemy can't know Scripture better than you do. If he knows Scripture better than you do, he will twist it. You can't afford for the enemy to know Scripture better than you do. And listen, I'm a preacher. I read this thing every day, multiple times a day, and I'm not pretending that I know all of it. That's why I've got people in my life that, that between all of us, we got a pretty good knowledge of it. Are y'all following me? We need the truth. I hear people say, I've got to do this. I love that because a lot of people use that, that verbiage. I've got to. I've got to do this. Well, let me ask you, what if the devil is twisting your got to? What if the devil's twisting your got to? Making you think you're doing something really good and God's like, I'm not even in that. Listen to Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. My got to is trusting God. If I don't do nothing else all day long, I'm going to trust God in everything I do. Amen? Come on. Stand up with me. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I'm done. I don't know if he left any music to play or gave instructions, but if you got music, play it. If you don't, we can do it without it. Hallelujah. So number one, who is in charge or who is leading your life? And I sure hope it's not you. It shouldn't be you. Amen? Here's number two. Who are you growing with? And here's number three. What lie have I been told? And what truth do I need? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this message. Thank you for the power of this perfect prayer that you gave us. And leave us alone. Try to figure it out. You gave us your word and you gave us people you put in our lives miracles that you've put in our lives and God please don't ever let me not take advantage of that I trust the people that you've put in my life and I've watched them you have watched you use them so many times one of the greatest gifts you ever gave me Lord is that wife sitting right there and if I hadn't had a pastor I would have never had her but I thank you for a pastor who instructed me and he corrected me. I didn't like it, but I did it. And it paid off in dividends. 
I thank you for the people that you've put in my life. I thank you for this awesome group of people here in this church that you've put in my life. I love seeing them, Lord. I, I get so excited when I see my church family. I just I watch them here in the hallways, and I watch them high-fiving, and I watch them serving and kids and doing all the things they do. And God, it just thrills me to have this kind of people around me. God, you could have chose anybody, but you chose me. And you chose this group of people to put me with. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for our groups and what you're doing in groups. And God, semester's almost over. Lord, let us finish strong. Let us not get carried away with T-ball and all the balls out there and all the things that spring brings. Those are great things, but they're not priority things. Because the enemy is an evil one, and he loves to tempt us with good things. Let us keep priorities, priorities, Lord. And let us finish this semester strong. And let us form bonds and friendships, Lord, that will last a lifetime. God, I thank you for this message. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us and instructing us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask our altar team to come. And There'll be two ladies and two men. If you're a man, come pray with one of these men. If you're a lady, come pray with one of the ladies. But today, as we close the service, we're fixing to just dismiss altogether. But today, we want to give you an opportunity, always an opportunity. If you need prayer, if you need somebody to connect with, if you don't know what I told you a moment ago, look here, Jerry and Paige are down here. My mom's here. Russ is here. Russ and Jennifer over our freedom groups. My mom, of course, is the matriarch of this church. These are, I mean, what, four awesome people right here that you can connect with, and they will help you connect where you need to go. And if you need that today, or you need prayer for any reason, don't even have to be the topic, but if you need prayer for any reason, please do not leave this building without prayer today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for, again for this message. Everybody say, thank you, Lord, for this message. And let's pray this prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.